0: but one thing I knew for sure that I did not want to do this by myself. Mm. Even if it meant that I had to pay, I'm going to do it. And that for me was a big step because all my life, I never really delegate. I did everything myself. I got to stop doing that. And I feel like I can prosper and I can grow if I just delegate and have to learn to trust people. So the podcast was like that platform to do that, to begin to trust people, to, begin coming out of my shell, stop being shy, and just letting people get to know me.
1: Hello, you're listening to Podcast Growth Hacks, where I talk to podcasters of all experience levels to unpack the most powerful growth tactics they used to grow their podcast. I'm Pat Chung. And if you're a podcaster, well then subscribe so that together we can all learn and experiment with how to grow our own podcasts. Today, we're chatting with Tanya Lopez, the host of More Than Rice and Beans podcast. She's been podcasting for about a year with 13 episodes and about a thousand followers on her Instagram account, where she goes by Koki the Chef. Tanya is a chef living in New York City where she teaches cooking classes and helps people discover and learn authentic cuisine from Spain and Puerto Rico. I first met Tanya in Esprit Devore's podcast launch cohort, where about 80 of us met in a podcast accountability group for over a month to get our podcasts launched. I talked with Tanya a couple of times during our cohort and was very surprised that she started outsourcing and automating parts of her podcast workflow, literally from day one. It's something I eventually want to do for this podcast. So I wanted to bring her onto the show and unpack everything she did. Welcome to the show, Tanya. How are you doing?
0: Thank you for inviting me. Unpack. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Unpack my secrets. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's right. We're gonna unpack a lot of the stuff you did to outsource a lot of your workflow. But before we dive into all that, we'd love to just learn a little bit about your podcast first. What's it about?
0: Modern Rice and Beans is about a mother and son podcast where we interview Latinos who made it. Who were able to persevere out of challenges that they had in their lives, who became entrepreneurs, chefs, musicians, artists, astronauts. And we want to just dig in and ask them questions. And we want to see what they can, you know, what they can share to inspire everyone in the world. We know very little about them because we don't know who's behind a lot of the stuff that we love so much, you know, the stuff that makes us dance, the food that makes us, Remember our grandmother, we know very little about these people. So I just want to bring this out. So the podcast is just getting to know who are these people behind all these wonderful talent and letting people know that Puerto Ricans and Latinos are very, very talented people.
1: That's very cool. And what's your purpose for the podcast? I know you're a chef. Does it support the business at all, or is it for some other purpose?
0: At first, when I started off with the idea of the podcast, a part of me wanted to do it because I wanted people to get to know me. I'm sort of an introvert and I've always been behind the scenes of my company. And I get all this wonderful advice for so many coaches and coaches, coaches, coaches. And they're like, you know, Tony, you have a great personality. Why don't you just let people know you? Let people just get a feel of how you teach or how you talk or how, you know, just get to know you, period. And I'm like, no. Can (laughs) you just stay behind the scenes, please? Mm -hmm. So I found the podcast to be that part of me that I can just let out. And my son said, Hey, can I join you, Mom? This sounds really cool. And I'm like, Okay. It, It was sort of like, hmm, would it be okay to have a co host or would it not be okay? But I found it to be very helpful to have a co host. Because I am sort of an introvert and I needed that when I was silent, that somebody was able to take over when I didn't know what to say or what question to ask. So that was very helpful. And I see that the podcast really has let out the best in me. I'm more comfortable talking with people. I am more comfortable approaching them and say, hey, I have a podcast. I want to interview you. And they're like, oh, what is it about? It's a mother or something. And then, and they get so excited. I get excited. and Now we're interviewing very famous people. So (laughs) it's very cool.
1: So does the podcast help your core business?
0: Yes. It actually helps my business because, like I said, people get to know me, a different side of me that they didn't really know. And they get to connect with me in a way that they weren't able to by taking a class with me. So if you take a class, a cooking class with me, I'm able to tell you a couple of things here and there. We're able to interact a little bit. Uh, But it's nothing like really getting to know someone and really seeing their point of view. And that's what I love about the podcast. So yes, it has helped my company because when people listen to it, it's like, oh, I really love the interaction you have with your son. I didn't know you did this. I didn't know you accomplished that. I didn't know you were on TV. Do you still have the same clothes from What Not To Wear? All these cool things that people have something to talk about with me and not just the plain old questions like, you know like what do you do for a living
1: that's cool <laughs> i love how part of your purpose is to use the podcast to come out of your shell i mean it is such a great channel for people who are a little bit introverted to come out and i noticed uh, you have a name called Cokie the chef maybe you could describe that a little bit because i feel like that's just another way that you hid behind something
0: yes yes a uh, uh, couple of years ago i was saying mm, 2007 It was just a hobby. I started with this company called Coqui, the chef. And Coqui means tiny frog from Puerto Rico. It's actually, it's an indigenous word from the Tainos in Puerto Rico. Tainos is a very small group left, but Tainos were basically mostly all wiped out, just like in America, the Native Americans were. So uh, there's still some of their language around. And I wanted to honor a lot of that in what I do. So I added the chef to it, Koki the Chef, because I wanted to teach something a little bit different to kids. So it was more focused on kids when I first started out and then it grew to something else. And I started off with cooking classes for kids, reaching out to uh, food desert communities, helping kids with health problems like uh, diabetes, obesity, asthma, which I was a very asthmatic child myself. And I knew that I had to do a lot with my health too. When I was a child living in a community where the air is not very pure and not very clean, that's also, doesn't help. So that whole combination of that, I sort of wanted to take kids and say, Hey, you know, you have all these conditions or you don't have these conditions and you want to avoid them. Let's cook healthy. Let's eat healthy. Let's just make it fun. So I decided to get a mascot. Cost, costume and a puppet and I wore the mascot costume because like I said I used to like to be behind the scenes but it was so much fun to be wearing the mascot costume and all these kids running to me and they're just <laughs> pulling me all over the place but besides that it caught a lot of attention it caught attention in a way that the daily news said hey meet this mom who wears a mascot costume to teach people how to eat healthy And I kind of felt like what I was doing was really something good for the community. Yet he caught attention. Then Discovery found out and what not to wear, decided to call me. And they said, hey, we would like you to be on the show. We want you to stop wearing the mascot costume. And we want you to stop playing with the the puppet. And we want you to wear decent clothes every time (laughs) you go meet with a client. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay, fine, whatever. But it was cool. They surprised me on a show called uh, The Chew, which was on ABC. And then from The Chew, I was taken to What Not to Wear. And that sort of opened up a lot of doors for me. And now we're teaching virtual cooking classes and in-person cooking classes, all based on Latin cuisine. And just not just any cooking class or cooking experience. It's more like an educational kind of experience teaching people cultural appreciation because right now we have a misunderstanding of a lot of our culture, a lot of the Latin culture, Spanish culture, and I just wanted to bring something into light and just say, hey, this cooking experience can be a passport for you to understand what we're really about, you know, and all these beautiful things that we can do, but Mm -hmm. not just about food and, and all this other stuff. So
1: it sounds like your podcast is a lot about the cultural appreciation of all the people that are part of your culture Mm -hmm. do you actually talk about food then or do you not talk about food
0: yes we talk about food in the podcast we always have a section where we ask all our guests what is their favorite dish what brings them back to when they were a child we always have a portion there where we talk about food sometimes we really get into Mm -hmm. it and i try to you know like not to get too much into food because we want to talk about other things as well
1: that's cool well let's dive into your growth hack right now so The moment you started your podcast, it sounds like you already started thinking about outsourcing and what, what did you outsource? What did you think you needed help with?
0: Mm, Good question. Because I knew that I had a lot on my plate and I didn't understand a lot about podcasting, I needed that guidance. I needed a little something to tell me, Hey, you know, you're going to be okay. So. The best way that I can do that is by reaching out to people who can help me and people who have a talent that I don't have. So I feel like I needed help with research when I wanted to interview a guest. I needed help with talking points. I needed help coming up with fun intros and outros, fun questions. I can write something up and I can write a couple of questions. I can do research and everything but I'm not going to be as good as some people who are experts on it, who can really like give a little more than what I can.
1: So with this help, did you already know who your guests were going to be? Or did you actually need help finding the guests too?
0: That I, I didn't need help with because I felt like the people throughout the years that I were able to meet, I'm the only one who can really reach out to them because I'm the only, I'm the one who met them and I'm the only one who engaged with them. I feel like, I have the personality now to reach out and say, Hey, I really got this really cool podcast. And I understand if you don't want to be a part of it, but I can I can be charming. That's what I I don't want to be like a secretary or something like that, or somebody else or an assistant who's like, Hey, we have this podcast and we wanna invite you.
1: So it sounds like you had a batch of guests that you already wanted to invite on the show and you wanted to build a relationship mm-hmm. with them. You were comfortable reaching out yeah. to them, but you just didn't want to do the work of researching the talking points to ask them
0: right right even though I knew them I felt like if hiring someone who can do the research for me or come up with the questions can give me a different perspective or it can Mm. help me with you know asking the questions that Mm. I probably had in my mind but really didn't know how to write it down
1: right that's super interesting. I want to dive into this because a lot of people, you know, one of the first things they outsource is like editing. I thought that's what you were going to say, right? Editing you know, usually trips people up or like publishing or some part of the production process, but it's interesting. You started by hiring a researcher. So let's dive into that a little bit. Where did you go uh, look for this researcher and what did you even look for? What are these people called?
0: I looked into the platform called Fiber and I. I did a little research of my own there. I actually looked at their reviews. I wanted to understand a little bit what they offered because it's, how can I say this? Sometimes the wording that they have in Fiverr will not be exactly what you're looking for.
1: What did you search in Fiverr?
0: I searched um, podcast writer, talking points writer, It was difficult. It was not easy. That I can tell you. It took me a couple of days to find the right keywords, because that's another thing. You could just put any keywords there and you might not get what you want or the language or the title that they have might be different from what you want. So I had to write down podcasts, what they have available for podcasts, social media, if that made any sense. It was just a lot of my own research looking for somebody.
1: So it sounds like podcast writer is a category of these freelancers on Fiverr. So you do a search on Fiverr, you get a ton of results. How do you decide on which one to use? How do you vet the right one that you eventually hired?
0: Reviews. That, that was a big help. And just, I actually read the reviews. We, we're not talking about stars because stars, everybody can have a five star. I read the reviews. I wanted to understand exactly what the person, when they hired the writer, what they were looking for and what the writer was able to give them. And I even looked at the bad reviews and I read those too. So when I found the person with the reviews, I tested them out. I, first of all, I wrote to them personally and I told them what my situation was. And I asked them, is this something you can do? Is this something that you offer? And they said, yes. And then I said, okay, can you do, can you, I gave them one project and that project was amazing. Like I didn't even have to edit anything. She did such an amazing job. That was like, this is it.
1: And what is it that you had them do?
0: I told them I had a interview with a guest and these are the details of the guest, these are the questions that they answered from our forum. And oh, I need some talking points and intro and outro talking points and show notes. Can you do that for me? I don't want a script. I want some nice talking points. Maybe this you know, the intro course is usually always scripted and the outro too, because if you don't do that, you'll forget the outro and the intro.
1: So they give you an intro and an outro. And do they bullet do they give you bullet points of the talking yeah. points? Like questions? Mm-hmm. Are they in the form of questions or something?
0: They're else? form of of a couple of sentences, some of questions. And then if I think that the questions are not you know, I can change them around. I'll change them around because sometimes I like to add a little Spanglish to the podcast. So that's mm-hmm. when I change it a little bit. But besides that, i don't really, you know, we, we also, my son likes to do this. He likes to do his own research too. And verify like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, cause he always likes it. Cause he tells me I get a little nervous sometimes that maybe something might be wrong with the research. But she's been so much on point. She's amazing. She really is.
1: That's yeah. interesting. So you hired her. It sounds like you went with someone, you did an experiment for one episode. You hired her and you love the results. How long did it take for her to deliver?
0: It was about five or six days. Something like that.
1: So five or six days, you tell her who you want her to do the research on and she delivers it in five, six days.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much did it cost?
0: Well, it's uh, changing now because she's getting popular. <laughs> so it started <laughs> off like around 35 and 40 uh, Per episode? Yeah, per episode. With show notes.
1: Yeah, so that includes the show notes too?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't want the show notes, then it would be cheaper.
1: And does she listen to it again to actually write the show notes? And Or does she just use her original notes to kind of create the show notes?
0: Yeah, she uses her original notes to create the show notes.
1: I see. So, what if you edit a lot of that stuff out? Does she still? I change
0: the show notes if I if I didn't ask a question or there was a bullet point from the show notes, I would change them because it's our. We would, you know, we never know what's going to happen in the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, something might pop up or a question might something might be different. Or what I do is change it.
1: I see. So, does she write the show notes after this episode gets released?
0: No, it's before.
1: Oh, she does before. So mm-hmm. she gives you. So let me just recap a little bit. She gives you an intro, outro. Mm-hmm. She gives you talking points, and she writes the show notes, all in one deliverable. Right. I see. And then you pay her thirty-five dollars mm-hmm. per episode for it.
0: Thirty-five forty. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because it's but I just pay for it. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I just paid for it.
1: <laughs> you just paid for it. That's wild. I never thought that would be the first thing you outsourced. Uh, and I'll have to check that out on Fiverr. What's the second thing you outsource?
0: Audio engineer. That was. Audio edit, okay. Editing and audio engineer. And that for me, is, it's very important. And I get it that, that right now there's a lot of programs out there that can probably do what he does.
1: So for that first episode that you created, did you hire the audio engineer for that one?
0: Yes. You know, from the first podcast, I had an audio engineer.
1: Nice. So how do you find that audio engineer? Where do you find it?
0: Well, I got to tell you, Fiverr has been amazing for me. <laughs> so I did it okay. through Fiverr again. And, and then the whole process I did with the script writer, um, look at people, see what their experience is and how many. Did you look
1: for audio engineer or podcast editor?
0: Editor, engineer for podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think editing podcasts was the one that actually got me the people that I want.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And what was your first experiment with this person?
0: It was the same thing. I just decided to give them my first episode and said, okay, can you just... Uh, I kind of knew exactly a little bit what to do, what parts that I didn't want. You know, I listened to it, of course, after the interview, listened to it, tell the audio engineer, these are, these are the minutes that I want you to take out, this and that, just take out these seconds or whatever. I didn't like the sound, what can you do to fix it? Um, our voices are high and low, what can you do to fix that? And he did a great job and I liked it a lot. And he put the audio, the, the music with the, with the podcast and he also put in the tags, the yeah, tags that go with the, every audio which also helps with the SEO of the podcast. So, so
1: you're talking about the ID three times, right, right?
0: exactly. And I didn't know much about that, but I kind of knew it was important. So I decided, why not? Let's do that. And that, depending on the time frame you have with your podcast, is how much you pay the person. So if you have 15, then you pay something. You have 30, you pay something more and so on.
1: I see. So the price is based off the length of the episode. Right. I see. And how, how long are your episodes?
0: It's kind of, it all depends on the guests. There's times when we just have 20 minutes. Other times we have 40, 45, 50. It all depends on the guests. You
1: know, I see. So for a 30-minute episode, how, how much does it cost?
0: I would say maybe like 40, 50 around there.
1: 40, 50 mm-hmm. per episode for a 30-minute episode. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So for both of the podcast editor and for the podcast writer, where do they live?
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. but Because
1: I know on Fiverr, you could choose, like, do you want them in the U.S. Oh, or do you yes. want them abroad? Yeah. Did you not care uh, where they are?
0: Well, I guess I didn't care because I've had hired people from Kenya you know, and South Africa and they've done their job. So I really didn't care. But I was attracted more to people working in the U.S.,
1: I see. So you've worked with both of these people for all 13 of your episodes. And it seems like where they're located, doesn't really matter to you. No, I see. Okay, cool. (laughs) And especially with the audio editor, actually with both of them, do you get to talk to them? Cause I feel like with Fiverr, something that kind of intimidates me from it, it all seems very virtual and transactional kind of like they make the shopping experience so smooth. Like it just feels like you're shopping for some service. It doesn't feel like to me that you're engaging with the freelancer. So for both these people, did you get to chat with them yeah. at all? Or is it all through text?
0: Chat, like talk, like where you and I? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you don't. You no. don't talk. For the audio engineer, we just chat, um, text each other on Fiverr, you know, in the chat box. And we write to each other. And it's, I feel like he's human because I ask questions like, how are you feeling? And. They tell me i'm feeling sure. okay and there are other human
1: terms. but do you find it hard to kind of convey exactly what you want because you know sometimes some of these things are a little subjective like mm-hmm. when it comes with audio sound and given that you started using an audio engineer for your first episode he didn't even have any kind of template to work with right. so did he just provide all your intro and outro music i haven't listened to your podcast for a couple of weeks i can't remember did he provide that music or did?
0: No, I, I got a composer for that specific for the podcast music and I just gave it to him. Uh, he They do have a lot of questions to ask the person when they buy and you just fill out those questions and that helps them. And if they have a question, if whatever you gave them is not what they need, they will reach out and ask you, hey, you're missing this. or so you need that, you know, but. Pretty much. I see. see. Mm -hmm.
1: So they were very proactive Mm -hmm. in requesting things from you. Ah, That makes sense. And you already had some of the music that you wanted to. So you just kind of send him the audio clips.
0: Yes. The audio clips and the images. I mean, the podcast cover.
1: I see. I see. And now that you've worked with him for 13 episodes, is he just doing the job of post-production editing or does he actually help you too because like even before this we had like some mic issues and I was kind of trying to help you tweak some stuff yeah does he give that feedback or does he just work based on the job at hand
0: if I feel the audio was not that great I will tell him hey I had this difficulty with the audio uh, can you listen throughout I know where it is at some points but I Need your help to really listen throughout the podcast. Now, to listen to the whole entire podcast, you will have to pay him a little bit more, so he can uh, take out whatever needs to be taken out. Now, when I hire him, I hire him basically to put in the intro and the outro because and uh, fix the the uh, audio noises or whatever and stuff like that. And I don't know his system picks up whatever doesn't doesn't seem right and fixes it. So it's pretty cool. If there's any clicks or something like that that was difficult for me to take out, like any clicks like tapping on the mic that somebody, or somebody coughed or stuff like that and it's hard for me to take it out, I would tell him, hey, I can't take out this. Can you take it out for me? And he does it.
1: Sure. But does he give you an advice on how to get better audio for the future? Yeah. Or does he just edit that episode that you yeah. sent him?
0: If I ask him for advice, he will definitely give it to me. But he has not given me any advice. And when he's heard the podcast, he thinks it's pretty good. And when I hear it myself, I'm like, the quality is not that bad.
1: The, okay, so you're happy with it. Oh, yeah,
0: I am very happy with it.
1: So all together, it sounds like you outsourced two main things. Have you outsourced anything else?
0: Hmm, let me think. Podcast cover. But, that, but not through the Fiverr, though. There, I hired a student from the School of Visual Arts in New York.
1: Oh, wow. And how much did that cost?
0: A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was our most wanna... expensive one.
1: Wow. Oh, well, let, let's hear about it's it. What... We want to hear the details.
0: Well, because the podcast cover is just not any podcast cover. It actually has illustrations of myself and my son and myself as a chef with my froggy cookie the chef and my son dressed up as an astronaut. And that takes a lot because she started from scratch. She just, I just gave her pictures and she already understood the concept of cookie, the chef and how the cookie, the chef looks like, and that was easy for her, but. For us to look the way we wanted to look, that was a lot of back and forth.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's not something you could just make up in Canva in like five minutes. It is a little bit more involved. How much did it cost? $300.
0: Three. $300. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's not that bad for something so custom. Yeah. And you actually mentioned you had a composer to yes. do your music too. Yes.
0: Yeah. So the composer is actually our Flamingo composer from Mars Virtual Cooking Classes, that tastes of Spain. And I told him, Hey, I have this podcast. Can you make the music for me? Because he's made the music for our videos and it's beautiful. And I was like, can I have one for a podcast? And he was like, sure. So I just paid him a couple of dollars, not much. And he did a great job. He's very proud oh, to wow. have it. Yeah. He's he's so proud to <laughs> have really the music cool. on. He's like, yeah, this is so cool. And we're really good friends too. Over the years, we just became really good friends. And, and he he's actually lives in Spain. So it's kind of oh,
1: cool, wow. yeah. Yeah, it gives it a really authentic feel. I love the custom music. It's great. Mm-hmm. So all together, I mean, it sounds like it's a lot. How much are you paying altogether per episode?
0: Per episode, I would say about close to a hundred with the programs that I use and everything. I mean, if you bring it down bit by bit and budget it, and maybe it'll be like a hundred dollars per episode. Plus my time, of course. I'm adding all that. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Right. Of course, there's all the software tools that Mm -hmm. you have to pay for hosting and all that stuff, but it sounds like even just outsourcing these tasks is anywhere from $80 to a hundred. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Is that what you expected this whole project to cost when you first started?
0: Actually, I didn't, but one thing I knew for sure that I did not want to do this by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, that I knew for sure. And then even if it meant that I had to pay, I'm going to do it. And that for me. Was a big step because all my life, I never really delegate. I did everything myself. Right. I, you know, I, like for me, it was annoying. I came not say, I got to stop doing that. And I feel like I can prosper and I can grow if I just delegate and I trust people. And I have to learn to trust people. So the podcast was like that platform to do that, to begin to trust people, to begin coming out of my shell, stop being shy. And just letting people get to know me like it's so many things like if this podcast is not making me money it's definitely making me grow as a person <laughs>
1: right I love that thought I and I battle with the same things because I'm a DIYer I spend so much time on this podcast and it's almost like worth resetting the mindset and you're right it's kind of getting you not to DIY everything yourself, but to kind of work with the team. No, that's a great investment. Um, Now that you're 13 episodes in and I know you're taking a season two already. Like, do you think of season three already? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think of this podcast a little bit more than what you started thinking of it as now that you're investing all this money, you're investing all this time, or definitely it seems like you're moving forward. How do you view it going forward? Like, is it more of part of your business like does it feed more into your cooking classes or is it just a side passion
0: Hmm. I think it's a little bit of everything what you just said a little bit of everything but I gotta tell you the excitement that I have when I interview somebody and I get to know somebody that I never thought I would that you can't really have a conversation with if you were to meet them the first time for example Tito Puente Jr. Who is the son of Tito Puente? Mambo King, <laughs> you know. Mm. Was like I met him, and when the, the time that we had to interact, there were so many questions in my head, and I knew that he wasn't going to have time to uh, um, answer them. And I said, "Why not the podcast?" And that's when I reached out to him. It's like I would love to interview for the podcast, and he said yes. We interviewed him. I got to know a different side of him that I would never have known if I were just to meet him one day, unless I had dinner with him. You know, and what's the chances of that happening? But the chances of podcasts happening, that's pretty, that's, it's pretty bigger,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Getting access to people is one of the greatest reasons to have a podcast. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Super thanks for sharing your growth hacks. I love how you just decided from day one, you're just going to outsource these things because you're right. Some of these things get people so tripped up and get people spending so much time producing their podcasts that they forget to enjoy being a podcaster. So I love that growth hack. It, it just kind of keeps you in the game, actually. Um, I always want to wrap up our interviews with what I call our final quick fire questions. So question number one, uh, do you collect listener emails? No. <laughs> I
0: don't even know how to do that. I, I, and by the way, I ha- I got to I got to figure this one out, but you can help me with that, right, Pat?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. I have some good tips.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> then I'm not going to worry about it because you're going to help me.
1: <laughs> yep, I'll help you. I know you have a website too. Some people, you know, use newsletters and some people use our product pod inbox to collect the listener emails. But yeah, we're happy to share some tips with you. Question number two, what's the one podcast you recommend the most besides your own?
0: NPR Health and Science Podcast.
1: Nice. <laughs> what do you like about it?
0: I love science. I always wanted to be a scientist, but that didn't happen. I love just the curiosity of things, like curiosity of Earth and people. It's just fun to this to that's it. Cool. And it's nice and short, informative and short.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Maybe that's where your son gets it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> passion for science. That's cool. Question number three. How much time do you spend on your podcast per week? Hmm.
0: I could say I kind of bulk it together, not like in a week, so in a day. I, I, right now I have to edit like eight of them. So in a day I would take maybe like three or four hours.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. For all eight. That's not bad. For each one. Oh, for each one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So one a day.
1: So you're just prepping it for the editor. Right.
0: Right. Because I am a picky person. (laughs) (laughs) So there are certain things that I don't want to sound like I'm like, you sound weird, Tanya. You know, so... It's just me because of me. I just want to make sure that I sound okay or that I didn't trip on some words and I'll just do it myself.
1: So you do still spend a lot of time editing. It might be a good idea now that you've been working together with your editor Mm -hmm. for this long now, maybe just try not doing anything and giving him the audio file to see what comes back.
0: That Because maybe
1: he knows you so well now that you might not have to do any work.
0: That would be interesting. (laughs) But then there will probably be some stuff that I don't want in the podcast. And I'm like, I will have to tell him, hey, I don't want, I still have to listen to it because there will still be uh, something there that doesn't belong there. And I have to tell him, hey, I take this part out or right. leave it. And that's why I decided to do some of the editing myself because I still have to listen to it to tell him what I want him to edit out. And so I might as well just do it myself, give it to him. It before.
1: Right. And just yeah.
0: give it to him and say, hey, make it sound incredible. You know, and put this, put the intro, put the music, put the outro. It just... Make it sound great.
1: Yeah, totally makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Question number four. What's your favorite podcast tool?
0: Hmm. Descript. Descript. Did I say it correctly?
1: Yeah, Descript. Yeah, Descript. Yeah. Great tool. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of our guests say that. And what social media platform are you most active on?
0: Good question. Because at this moment, when it comes to podcasts, is Twitter seems to be the most popular one. But I sort of want to hit on Instagram too, because I feel like Instagram can eventually be good for podcasters. And I want to be able to use it as well, use that platform. I feel like there's certain things in Twitter that I can't do that. I can do in Instagram. I would say first Twitter, then Instagram.
1: That's interesting. I'm surprised you, Instagram wasn't first because, you know, food is so visual.
0: Oh, because what we do for the Instagram is that we actually do something very different from what I do with my original Goki the Chef, which I have my face on it and it's more personal to me. And I went through a lot of branding when it comes to that. But for the more of the rice and beans, this is more podcast. I sort of made it a little bit more visually appealing in a way, but not as food, but more artistic kind of graphics, really cool graphics and audiograms.
1: Got it. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So the last question, what's your primary call to action at the end of each episode?
0: Visit Koki the Chef and sign up for our cooking classes.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. So go to KokiTheChef.com. Yes. Is that where it is? Yeah. Okay. KokiTheChef.com. That's C-O-Q-U-I.
0: Uh-huh.
1: TheChef.com. <laughs> and go check out some of our cooking classes. And your cooking classes are in New York, right? And yeah. virtual? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And also, of course, go check out the podcast More Than Rice and Beans. And thanks for your time.
0: Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun.
1: Thanks for listening to Podcast Growth Hacks. If you like the show, please tell a fellow podcaster about it. This really does help keep our show going. And if you have a podcast growth question that you're kind of curious about, well, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave me an audio message by going to podinbox.com slash podcast. Once again, that's podinbox.com slash podcast. I'll include that link in my show notes. I personally respond to all questions I receive there. And once I get your question, I'll find the podcasting expert to answer it on an upcoming episode. We'll play your question and I'll even give you a shout out. Until the next episode, keep creating and keep growing your show.